What's up, good people? Welcome to the Cap Podcast. I'm your host, JD. So let's cultivate. Erica, E. Jizzle, let's accumulate. Shamel Jackson, let's prosper. Okay, the buzz, ladies. What's the buzz? The biggest buzz going on in Memphis is with the mega superstar sports star, Ja Morant. He was caught on IG after a game against Denver in the strip club holding a gun next to his head. Um, now, we know he's a 23-year-old, but at the same time, he's got to make some better decisions than that. What do you think about it? Yeah, I like you said, he's 23, and we all can relate to being 23 and things we done that was silly, made some mistakes. So I think um, at that age – um, you need a mentor. I, he right. he probably has one, but I, I'm not sure. But he does definitely need a mentor, especially in the industry, uh, whether it be someone who's re- a retired basketball player or someone who's older and still playing basketball. He just needs some guidance. Uh, I don't think that it should totally ruin his career, but I just think he needs to be aware that when you are a public figure, um, you got to <clears> – <throat> You gotta have a certain type of behavior because it'll right. get you in trouble, and you don't want to mess up your career. If that's what if you if that's if you want intend to keep doing that, the career you want to make sure that you're doing things that are going to keep you doing what you love doing. That's I'm pretty sure that's the best. Well, that's cool. I will ag- totally agree with that. And just to add to what Shamel said, I look at because <clears throat> of course it's all all of it is like a business. And in business, you know, you're just starting out, you're young. It's going to be a lot of things that you don't know. Right. And that you have to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself have had plenty of mentors. And guess what? Even with mentors, I mess up. Mm-hmm. We human. We going to do some things. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, I think what has gotten me is so much talk that you hear. It's like people forget that you were 23 once, just like Jerry said. We were all 23 once. We all did some crazy things. We were all in, you know, you be in the clubs, you're here and there, you're doing crazy things. So instead of talking about him and what he's doing, I'm like, do just like Shamel said, mentor him, tell him why it's wrong, you know, pull him to the side when you need to, because sometimes we've got, we, we've had to get some hard lessons mm-hmm. in life. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So... That's really what I look at. Just instead of talking about him, help. I saw there was this young man, this older man, I can't remember his name, but he did a couple of videos where he's like, you know, pleading with with y'all, like, you know, you know, we got to get this together or whatever. And I love that he did that. And I think it would be great if, if you could see more people doing that. Mm-hmm. And maybe he will start to get it. because, And he did make a public apology. Um, I think that that's great. Don't know how much of it he, you know, if whether he means it, but it seems sincere. I would hope it's sincere. So I'm just hoping that um, instead of talking about him, we get more into helping him. Yeah, then he's 23 with <clears throat> a lot of money. Right. So he, he definitely is going to need um, some okay. mentoring to definitely. even just handle that, how, what comes with being an athlete with a lot of money. So, yeah, so just to piggyback on that, I I think that um, being a young black man with that type of money and influence is still having that mentality of my my boys got to come with me. Well, sometimes your friends are not Mm. your friends. uh, They're going to put you in a situation where it may cost you. I mean, he has Nike endorsements uh, besides being the face of the Grizzlies. But more importantly, he has a little daughter, and he's being able to take care of his family unlike Many folks can do a lot of young boys will, will you know, would love to be in his position. You right. know, even myself growing up playing football, and you know, all of us aspire to be NFL, NBA, and that doesn't happen for many. So uh, he's it's gonna come down to him making that decision to, you know, not put himself in positions that would compromise uh, his finances or his persona or his family in general. Yeah, so, it's a lot of state. Yep, yeah, that's true. Even not just a career, like you said, his family. That's mm-hmm. that's imp- more important. But yeah. yeah. All right. So, um, Angela Bassett. 
um, has been around for a very long time. An actress has been around for a long time. She has uh, been named one of the Time Women of the Year. It's 12 women on the list, and she is one of them. And she has also gotten a Oscar nomination for Wakanda Forever. And so I think um, I am a fan of Angela Bassett. Um, I like her work. I, I don't know if I've seen, I, that I've seen every, no, I have not seen everything she's done, but I like a lot of work that she's done. Um, what's love got to do with this? One of her popular films. Like, so I'm just really proud of her. I think now she's beginning to see the fruit of her yeah. labor, uh, whether or not it should have been sooner. Some people, probably, yeah, probably thought it should have been sooner. What do y'all think about her recent awards or accomplishments? Okay, I can't think of how old Angela Bassett is, but I have been following her for years, and I loved her. I mean, absolutely loved her and what's love got to do with it. I think this is long overdue. Yeah. Yeah. It is well long overdue. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because she is absolutely, I have said in the past, she is like my favorite actress. Now, um... There's been some more people that have come along, like Viola Davis. I love her. Mm-hmm. But uh, Angela is one of my favorite actresses. So to see her getting what she deserves is a breath of fresh air. So I am very excited. I think she deserves it. I have loved everything I have seen her in. I'm just excited to see her getting what she deserves. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I'm very fond of uh, Angela Bassett, she's an amazing actress. She is fine as all get out to be <laughs> 61 years old. Um, but she has. She's done What's Love Got to Do With It. Uh, she was in Way Next Hill. Yes, let's not forget. Uh, Way <laughs> She, uh, you know, she Stella got a groove back. She was in a lot of different movies, and then she's on TV, which uh, the 911 series, which I haven't fully gotten into, hadn't had a chance to really watch it, but I, I will because she's the main actress on there. But uh, kept herself in shape. Uh, mm-hmm. To my knowledge, there's been no cosmetic surgery or anything like that. And, you know, she's just a phenomenal actress. And, of course, in Wakanda, playing the mother, the queen, or whatnot. So this is long overdue. It's good that she's getting her flowers now. Right. Um, and hopefully many more actresses, you know, that deserve that will do the same, will get the same accolade. Amen to that. Yes. Yes. Go, Angela. So, so listen, um, before we get started with our main thing for today, be sure those of you who are watching to go to our YouTube channel, like it, subscribe to it, share it, comment. We want to hear from you. So listen, you guys, we are very, very (laughs) excited today. Not only is it Women's Month, you know, we got the women here, you know, (laughs) Um, Not only, you know, it's Women's Month, and so what we wanted to do, we wanted to come to you with a change of pace this time. You know, we've had two wonderful episodes, and today we wanted to bring along a special guest, and of course wanted it to be a woman. I want you guys to um, really pay attention to this. This is going to be wonderful. We have my friend, my sister, my fellow filmmaker, director, author, Tamika Chambliss Williams. Thank you so much for joining yes. us today. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you all for having me. Um, it's an honor to uh, to be a part of your space, for you all sharing uh, your platform with me and just allowing me to come on here and, and just hang out with you guys and see what y'all doing and everything. So I'm, I'm loving it. I'm already loving it. <laughs> She's loving the buzz. Yeah, She's loving the buzz. She was over here. She's like, ooh. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to hop in on some of them conversations. I'm like, this is really, really good. But great job. I love what you guys are doing. I'm just so honored to be here. Thank you. Great. 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 So listen, um, before we get started with any questions for you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, um, I'm a wife. Um, I'm a mom. I have three beautiful children. Um, I am a filmmaker. Uh, playwright. I'm a writer. Let's just put it that way. Just keep okay. it really simple. I'm a writer. I love writing. I love creative writing. Um, and I love being able to have the space um, to be able to be creative. And so I've done films, stage plays, books, all of those wonderful things. And so that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> 
Awesome. You know, it's interesting that, you know, you should say that you're a wife. Yes, yes. girl. <laughs> wife, mom, mm-hmm. filmmaker, doing uh, theater plays, author. It's like so many women mm. juggle all three of these. So mm-hmm. how are you able to deal with all of that? The mom, the wife, the business woman. Um, My husband. I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, he is the business side of everything. You know, I'm like, I don't, don't call me about no money. Don't call me about no bills. Don't call me about nothing. Contracts, nothing. You know, he, um, I honestly would not be able to do what I do. And I honestly wouldn't be where I am without him. Um, he is, you've met Tracy. Tracy is very quiet. You know, he's very, um, uh, he's an introvert. Um, but he definitely like he leads our family, you know, and I told him many times like, okay, if it ever came down to it, where I had to choose between what I love writing versus my family, there's, I would never jeopardize my family, you know, for writing. But thankfully I haven't been able to, because he has been such a big support system for me. And like, we went to Jackson, the film last week, he was like, all right, I got the kids, you go. You know, and we all went up there and they stayed in the hotel and, you know, so um, I think that being being able to have a partner that mm-hmm. really sees my sees what I do, sees the potential in me and believes in it, you know. Um, and so we you know, we've just been able to really find a great balance in our marriage with our family um, so that, you know, I support him in his businesses. He support me and mine. And uh, we're able to just really um do it i wouldn't say i'll say successfully um but i'll say we're learning you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um we're finding our pacing and we're finding our footing in it but thankfully thank god so far it's been really good yeah he still like me (laughs) (laughs) well that's that's good that's good to hear that you get giving him props i like to hear that me Mm -hmm. being the only guy on this podcast (laughs) That you gave. So, Tracy, I don't know you, man, but she gave you props. And then it yeah. should be that way. Right. Um, so let me ask you this. What film uh, allowed you to win the Best Director Award at the January 2022 Cons Film Festival? Um, so, Timothy. So, Timothy. my short film, Timothy, um, which is a, it's like a 12-minute, 38-second film. And it's about uh, – it challenges – the biases when it comes down to church versus the LGBTQ plus community. Um, And it's a very deep short film. Um, And uh, you know, it was, um, it was one of the things where Tay, the main character in the, uh, in the uh, movie who I love dearly. Um, It was literally one day I was cooking. I was in the kitchen cooking Mm -hmm. and this thought just kind of came to me and I was like, Hmm, so I, that night I wrote the whole thing out. I sent it over to Tay. And I was like, I got an idea. You know, he was like, oh, Lord, girl, what you talking about? Mm-hmm. I sent it over to him. Um, but it has come across very well. Um, I think a lot of times as filmmakers, you know, many times we're not able to find the balance in um, in uh, controversial topics uh, without making it feel like you're just tossing it at people. You know, it's mm-hmm. finding a beautiful, seamless balance where people it's tasteful, um, and people are able to digest it, you know? And I think that's why Timothy came across so well and has done so well in film festivals. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. So we're all writers and so we can have so many ideas, so many projects we got our hands into. So I just wanted to see like, what are, some of the daily routines that you have while you are creating a new project, which <laughs> can be, can be stressful. Let's just be on. It can be stressful, like overwhelming. So what are some things you do on a daily basis to just kind of balance yourself? Um, I write. There's not a day that goes by that. I don't write. Um, even if it's a sentence, if it's a paragraph, if it's a quote, every single day I write. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've been able to, at first, when I first really started taking my writing serious, I was like, you know, it was, it was spur of the moments. It was like, I was writing, Mm -hmm. uh, my, my writing was emotional driven. So it was like, I'm mad. Yeah. I'm ticked off. I'm a right. I'm happy. I'm a right. And so I had to figure out how, because what I found myself was I would write, I was had these bursts of writing, um, moments. And then three months later I hadn't written anything. 
And I'm like, and it felt like I had to reconfigure my creativity, mm-hmm. you know. And you know so, right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I had to, I had to train myself to write every day. And so th- that's one of the main things that I do. And I teach my students, you know, I'm like, it doesn't matter what you write write something even if you're writing somebody else's words allow your mind and your body to get accustomed to that being a daily routine um and then the other thing i do and this is gonna sound crazy when i say it i'm not crazy let me let me (laughs) Mm. but i talk to my characters like i have full conversations with my characters um what i've learned uh in my process of writing is that it's one thing to write. It's one thing to have characters. It's another thing to develop a relationship with your characters, the people that you are writing about. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the other things is that I learned is that you're telling their story. Right. And so, you know, like, oh, I got an idea. I got it. That's a, that's good. You have an idea. But mind you, you're telling the story of the characters in the story. And so if you haven't been able to develop a relationship or connection with those characters, you can't fully um, provide the audience with what you're supposed to give. Um, One one time, so my kids came up with a idea so we're writing like a children's book uh, it's a superhero children's book called legends of skyward bay and i had a writer's block and i was like lord i'm just trying to finish this book and i cannot get through it <laughs> and so what i did was and my my nightstand have about i got about 12 notebooks on my nightstand and so what i did the, the night before i was like okay the main character, his name is Hunter. He's like 14 years old, right? And so I'm like, okay, Hunter. And I'm literally having a conversation with somebody <laughs> I don't even know, right? Just a figment of my imagination. And I'm like, okay, Hunter, I'm having writer's blog. I need to figure out how we're going to get you to South Africa. Because it's like a bridge between America and South Africa, right? And I'm like, okay, I need to know how we get there. That night, I literally had the dream of exactly what the storyline is. Wow. And I was able to, I was able to bridge, bridge. that. Um, and so a lot of times, you know, when we have writer's block, writer's block is simply, um, it, it's the absence of creativity. And mm-hmm. so when you learn to have a, a connection with your characters and really build it, you know, and I tell, I tell my students all the time, this is not your story. You have the idea, but your story are in the characters. Talk to your characters so that they can tell you what the story is about. Because that character may not be, if that particular character may not even live in America. That particular character may live in the UK. But if you develop the connection and able to convey properly what that character wants um, the world to see, whoever is in the UK, they're going to see it. Mm-hmm. And so it's understanding that you're not telling your story, but you're telling the story of the character and you have to develop a connection with them. That's good. Write every day. Yes, that's good. Every I, every day. I know. I remember one time I challenged myself to journal, which you know is writing mm-hmm. thirty days straight. I did it, but I think now you've added something to my list for me to do. Yep. Yep. And no, it doesn't sound crazy. Whatever's <laughs> gonna work for you, get that creativity yes. out. You gotta do whatever is gonna work for you. Yeah. Now. Just in that you're talking about writing, as Shamel said, we're all writers. Um, Shamel and Jerry have both had two books out there. Yeah. I'm working on mine. <laughs> yeah. And I do know that you are an author. Mm-hmm. So I would love to hear about how that process worked in getting that booked out and how did you come about um, in writing that? So my first book that I wrote, I actually wrote it um, while I was recovering from mastectomy surgery. So in 2019, I was diagnosed with breast cancer um, and COVID had just hit, you know, COVID hit 2020. Um, I was going through, you know, COVID, isolation, quarantining, breast cancer. Um, and I didn't really know. So I have my kids at the time, my baby was two. I didn't know how to tell my children I had breast cancer. You know, I was like, mommy got some issues and I'll be back, you know. Um, and while I was recovering from mastectomy surgery, you know, I had this uh, this quote that came to me and it was it was Pink Hope. And I was like, I don't know what this is. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is what is Pink Hope? And so I told Tracy, I was literally uh, I was three tubes, I had three tubes coming out of my body. I had to sleep in our lazy boy, you know, and I told him, I said, I quote, this came to me. I don't know what it is. So I was like, I'm just going to pray about it. Right. Six, seven, literally a week to the day. Um, I was sleep 
And I had this vision. It was like I was sleeping, but I wasn't. It was a vision. I just saw like this really flash of like a storyline just flashing before my eyes. And I was trying to catch up with it, right? And so after I finally got up, I told Tracy to pass in my laptop. And I started typing. And it was a children's book uh, called Pink Hope and the Hope Leaders. That was my first book that I wrote. Mm. Um, And it was about Pink Hope is is a black female superhero, breast cancer survivor, who teaches children how to uh, be other people's hope leaders, right? Oh, wow. And hope uh, stands for helping other people every day. Um, And so that was my first, you know, my first uh, introduction to becoming a published author. Um, And then after that last year, uh, I had a woman that reached out to me. She was like, how do you do what you do? Like, you do all of this stuff. You got kids and all that kind of stuff. And so I sat down because I never really knew how to answer that question. And so I sat down and uh, I was just praying, you know, and uh, th- th- this phrase came to me, passion, purpose and parenting. Um, and I ended up writing uh, a book. It's just like a 50 page, little, little short, little self help guide for our parents, because a lot of times as parents, we feel like our children become our purpose. Mm-hmm. And we don't understand that we had a purpose before we birthed kids. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the purpose of the, the goal of that book is just to encourage parents to utilize their children, not just as your children, but as your purpose, your purpose partners. So your children are given to you for you to guide them, but they have to see you operating in your purpose so that they can find theirs. That's right. good. Um, yeah. So you incorporate them. And in, uh, so I, my children are my purpose partners. And so, so you can go on Amazon and purchase that book today. That's good. That's good. Like yeah. hope. He's a helping others. Helping other people every day. Helping other I people. Like I like that. that. Me too. And we yeah, like everything else. Yes, <laughs> I know, Cap. <laughs> so, yeah, I should have brought some books. I don't know why I didn't. But, um, but you know, and, and I have other, like I said, my children and I, we're working on Legends of Skyward Bay, which it's a book series. And it's a black superhero kid, you know. Um, and we involve in nanobots, te- nanobot technology and all the scientific stuff in it and everything. But to me, you know, I believe that as creatives, mm-hmm. there are um, audiences and avenues for everything. And I think a lot of times as creatives, we box ourselves into one thing. Oh, I'm a mm-hmm. filmmaker, you know, I'm a playwright, um, I'm an author. And so what we don't understand is that what you write in a book has one audience, what you create on film has another audience. What you create on stage is another audience. And so being able to tap into all of those audiences is one of the one of the biggest keys to building your brand, increasing uh, your followers, increasing your engaging engagement. And so I think that, you know, I tell people all the time, don't just box yourself into one thing. Tap into all of it. You know, writing is across the board. It's right. it's almost like music. It's the universal language, yeah. you know. So whether you're writing a podcast, a short film, a, a short story, whatever, utilize your gifts across the board so that you can expand your audience and your engagement. That's true. Good. I love it. Me too. <laughs> well, I got a question for you, uh, Tamika. Um, what was the premise of your series, Toxic, and what inspired you to create it? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> You okay. get some jeans. <laughs> okay, so Toxic. Um, I, actually, I wrote the first episode of Toxic in 2014. True story. Real story. Um, so I'm originally from New Orleans, right? And okay. so I've, I'm accustomed to like Boudreaux, LeBlanc. Those are like some of the, mm-hmm. the Creole last names out there, right? Um, and so I wrote a character. His name was James Boudreaux. And uh, I, I wrote this in early... 2014 and uh honey i was at work i ain't tell nobody to do your own work on on your job but i was doing it (laughs) (laughs) so i just had an idea i was like oh i just wanted to write a story about you know a a black guy um who has the best friend and he makes it out out the out the hood you know um and so the whole storyline was you know he made it out the drug gang uh moved to memphis with his grandfather went to college you know uh graduated from college um, now he's uh, the first black man to build um, a brokerage firm in Memphis. He's worth like $50 million, all that kind of stuff. Real, I mean, I was like, this is great. And then power came out in the mm. fall. <laughs> and I was like, how we got the same storyline? 
Like, like literally, like James and the, he coming out the drug I'm, game. I'm, I'm and familiar with Power because I'm a, I'm a I fan. And I was like, oh my god! So now I had to go and kind of tweak a few things, right. you know, mm-hmm. um, for the sake of you know, I ain't trying to get sued. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and so, so now you know we we've kind of tweaked it a little bit, but the whole premise of Toxic is, you know. Um, Everybody has some type of toxic trait. That's really what it's about. And it's how um, how you're able to um, overcome those traits, how you're able to still progress in life um, by overcoming those traits. And it's literally everybody in the story is lying. They steal and they doing something, you know. <laughs> but ultimately, um, the game, the whole point of it is being able to overcome whatever demons that we face, you know, um, cause I mean, if we're being honest, every one of us is struggling with something. That's it doesn't true. matter yeah. how minute it is. doesn't matter how large it is. Everybody is dealing with something. And so for me, I wanted to, I wanted to create a relatable story where people can see themselves in the characters, you know? Um, so yeah, so that's kind of sort of, I hope I answered your question. Oh, you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So out of your projects, which one has been your favorite, Favorite and why? <laughs> oh goodness, that's a hard one. It's probably one I haven't even put out yet, um, and I think this is definitely my favorite one. It's called uh, "Last Night I Dreamt of You in Color." Okay, and um, a true story. Let me tell you, I have like some of the weirdest things to happen to me. Um, I was asleep, and a lot of a lot of things. I get in my sleep. Like I'm a dreamer and I, I've been a dreamer like my whole life. And so I was asleep. I woke up. I had this dream about this, this lady and this man in a church and he's in the line and she's reaching for him and can't hear him. I woke up and I started writing it. And my, my five-year-old at the time, of course, you know, mommy, mommy, mommy. I was like, I'm going to lock myself in a closet. <laughs> and I did. I went and locked myself in a closet and I sat there for about an hour and just wrote what I saw in my dream. The moment I read it, I cried, like sobbing, like Mm. heartbroken sobbing for like 30 minutes. My Mm. husband comes in the closet like, girl, what you doing? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm crying. I'm like, I'm okay. You know, I'm like, I'll be all right. What is wrong with you? So I read it to him. He was like, oh, literally three days later, his business partner called and was like, man, you know, uh, one of my, he what the lady who I fell in love with, he was like, you know, she reached out to me and, you know, she was telling me some things. True story. Tracy was like, uh, Tamika, read, read what you wrote. Do you not know? Real talk. What I wrote is what she was telling him. Mm. I told Tracy, I said, so, my moment of heartbreak wasn't me. It was her. Mm. And that's what I was saying as writers. You have to be so in tuned with your craft that your creativity feels safe to really um, reveal itself to you mm. um, emotionally. Because as writers, if you don't feel it, you can't convey it. Mm. And so that because of that whole thing, I, I came up with the last night I dreamt of you in color. And so it's a, a movie about a lost love. And there's this woman that she is um, struggling with reality because the only time she's able to experience and be with her love is in her dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she chooses, she has to make a decision if she wants to live in reality or if she wants to live in her dreams. And so, yeah, I think that's probably my favorite one. Wow. <laughs> wow. Thank you for that. Okay. That is amazing. It is. And then just really thinking about, you know, us all being writers and putting things out there that's going to really resonate with the people because you you need to have the audience. You need to have the people who are going to buy this book or who's going to come see this film or come see this play. And I know I have experienced so many times, whether it's – just from writing a skit, I'm pretty sure you guys, even with uh, your books or whatever, somebody that it touches yes. mm-hmm. or somebody that is like, you know what, I went through that exact same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to be able to write something and then you're able to reach some people, 
That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, um, God doesn't give us ideas just because he has nothing better to do. Right. You know, um, I'm a part of a sorority and our, one of our models is being God's hands and feet on the earth. Um, and as writers, you know, a lot of times we are God's mouthpiece or we are God's words on paper. Right. You know, and so it's important that, and I honestly, I did not, I didn't really start experiencing these things until I got serious about writing. It really wasn't because I think what it is is that as writers, when you're in and out and you're in and out and you're in and out, you know, again, create your creativity doesn't have a safe space. Right. You know, and then a lot of times God has to know, can I trust you with what I want to give you? Mm -hmm. You know, because if you're in and out and you're not really um, serious about the gifts that God gives us, he won't give us the... um, the magnitude of what he wants to give us, we won't experience it until we become, I mean, the Bible tells us, you know, uh, be faithful. You know, when you're faithful over mm-hmm. a few things, God will make you rule over it. many, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we show God that, okay, God, I'm going to be faithful over what you gave me, right? You gave me this gift, you gave me this talent, and I'm going to be faithful over it. It was many times I wanted to quit. It was many times I went through so much. Oh, God. <laughs> I went through so much. With the stage plays, with the movies, and all kind of stuff. Just recently in January, we were dealing with something. I told Tracy, I said, you know what, I quit. I said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to wow. do it. And that night I was praying, and God was like, seriously? Like, mm. who are you to say you're going to quit? Like, who are you to tell me that you're going to quit? When, because what happened was, was that we were trying to figure out something, something go right. And God had to remind me, it's not for you to know how you're going to get there. It's just for you to do it. You do it and I'm going to take you there. But mm-hmm. the moment we get so frustrated in our feelings that we want to quit and like, I'm, I'm tired of people. I'm not, then God, again, it's like, okay, can I really trust you? You know? And so I'm learning, even in my journey as a writer, is that I have to understand and remember that this gift. I didn't give myself this. This gift came specifically from my creator. And I have a duty because my writing is not for me. Everything, every idea God gives me, everything I write is for somebody else. And the moment I choose to tell God, I'm not going to do it. What was meant for someone, they won't get it. And what I, what I'm supposed to write, it may be the thing that, that is the catalyst to push them into their destiny. And so if I don't do what God gave me to do, then guess what? That person won't receive what they're supposed to receive. And so that's why it's so important that, you know, we just really take everything. That, I don't care if, if God gave you a gift to clean, if God gave you a gift to, to write, if he gave you a gift to sing, whatever it is, your gift is not for you. It's going to bring you to prosperity. Right. Yes. You yes. know, it's going to bring you to cultivating others. It's going to bring you to... Accumulate. Accumulate. Those gifts are not for us. Those gifts are for others so that we can walk in wealth. We can obtain wealth. We can obtain prosperity. But the moment we say, well, you know what? I don't feel like doing it today. Yeah. I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> well, I'll do it the mm-hmm. next day. We are prolonging our prosperity. prosperity yes. Right. We are prolonging our accumulation. We are prolonging being able to cultivate other people. And so that's why it is so important. When God gives you something to do, you go for it. And you might have to crawl. You might have to cry. You might have to scream. It don't matter. Just get there. You know, and that's what that's my, my thing. Now I'm like, okay, God. I have my vision board and it was so funny. I was look, going to my vision board and I started laughing because I realized something on my vision board was just done. I told Trace, I said, look, he said, well, I said, look at number 12. And he looked at, it, he said, yep, check that one off. Yeah. And so when we put ourselves in the position to allow God to know that God, you can trust me with the gifts and the talents that you have given to me, then everything else will follow. And so right. as writers, just, do your thing, honey, because God going to do his. <laughs> Just right. Amen. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny that you said all of that. Yes. Yeah. Um, because that's what you said was magnificent, and it's definitely true. And it leads to what I wanted to ask you since our podcast is called CAP, Cultivate, Accumulate, Prosper. 
So I was going. I wanted to ask you, what was the moment, the very moment in your life that you cultivated your gift to write and produce movies, plays, and books? Um, I think it was. So I think it's been a journey. You know, I don't think it was one specific thing that happened. Um, it was definitely a journey. I mean, I've been writing since as as long as I can remember. Um, but, and then I got into stage place when I moved to Memphis and I did that. And, you know, um, I think what it was, was that I realized that I was building everybody else's gifts and I wasn't building mine. So I was going to the auditions. I was going to stage plays. I was in this stage play, in that stage play, trying to get in this movie, auditioning for this. And I realized I'm putting so much effort into somebody else's that I have failed to even realize what God has given me. And so what happened was I ended up getting pregnant with my last baby. And uh, Tracy was like, so you still going to do stage plays? I said, no, you know what? I think I'm going to take a year off. I'm just going to, you know, go through my pregnancy, have the baby and everything. And it was during my pregnancy that I realized that, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I started back mm-hmm. writing. I started back creating. Um, and then when my daughter was nine months old, I did I did my first stage play, When Love Lies, mm-hmm. you know, and... That was a child new child. I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> that was a journey in itself. We'll save that for another podcast. <laughs> but it was in that moment where I realized, you know, I, nothing is wrong with building somebody else's vision. Let me say that. Um, I think that God places us in spaces to see if we can be faithful to somebody else's, mm-hmm. right? Will you show up on time? Sorry, I was late today. Uh, <laughs> will you show up on time? Will you give your all? Will you uh, will you allow your emotions to get the best of you? When we show God that God, I can you know I can help somebody else build their stuff, and I can be faithful at it, and I can do it with everything. I can do it with a smile. I can do it with a great attitude. Then God knows that He can trust us with our own stuff. So it was after, during my pregnancy when I realized that okay, now it's time for me to start cultivating my own stuff. That's good. Okay. Wow. So as a mm-hmm. business owner, um, what have you accumulated over the years? A husband. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I think um, lessons. Mm. I've uh, accumulated a ton of lessons. Um, I've accumulated uh, knowledge, but I think I've, I've maturity. You know, um, you know, a lot of times we go into businesses and we think, oh, you know, my goal is to make twenty thousand dollars a month or thirty thousand dollars a month. And uh, when it doesn't happen, many times, oh, maybe that's not the right business or maybe I should be doing something else. And for me, I was at that point. I was like, you know what? I ain't, this ain't really doing what I think it's supposed to be doing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm looking at everybody else like she mm-hmm. making it, he making it. Why? You know, <laughs> but God had to remind me that, you know. A business, being an entrepreneur, it's a it's a lifetime journey. And again, it goes back to allowing God to see that he can trust us, even when things aren't necessarily going the right way. Mm-hmm. We may not be making the amount of money we want. We may not have the clients that we want. If God gave you the idea, he didn't give it to you for you to do it for five months and quit. Right. He gave it to you because there's something on the other side of getting beyond the not really making a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's, it's something. So I think for me, um, and our businesses are doing are doing well now, um, but for the most part, it was the lessons that I had to learn um, and to understand and to mature. Because honey, that was the other thing. I was ready to pop off on everybody. And God was like, okay, your mouth ain't going to let you become a millionaire. <laughs> so you don't got to learn how to keep your mouth shut. You have to learn how to talk right to people you have to learn how to treat people the right way you know and because when you become wealthy who you are is magnified a hundred times and so if you can't treat people right with five dollars in your purse or five dollars on your cash app why is god gonna sit around here and give you five million so you can treat people worse and so mm-hmm. I had to learn. So that's why I said what I had to accumulate was maturity uh, and, and a whole lot of lessons. Yes. That's good. 
All right, so now we get to prosperity. Yes, okay. <laughs> and um, and pros- being prosperous and just not just financially, but also other areas. So tell me something, like one main thing that has helped you to become prosperous, whether it be financially, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. Um, all of it. Um, I, I, I think that what I chose to do with the knowledge that God gave me um, was to impart it into other people. Um, when I first started out and I had one of, one of my really good friends, her and I were talking yesterday and uh, she was asked, she was like, so, you know, how did you get here? And I told her, I said, you know, when I first started, and I'm sure Erica probably can vouch for this as well. When I first made the decision to write and um, become a playwright, I reached out to, I don't know if I should say this out loud, but I reached out to the majority of playwrights in Memphis. Nobody helped me. Mm. Not one person help me. And I promised God, I said, Lord, if you ever help me to gain the knowledge to help others, I will never turn anyone away. Um, and so uh, last year I started a, a school uh, called From Page. To, it's a writing uh, school called From Page to Stage. And, yes, I do own the name and the trademark. Don't try me. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> somebody tried it. Um, but I, I bought the trademark, purchased the name and everything, uh, called from page to stage. And what I did was I was like, you know what? I want to teach people that want to write. I want to teach them if you want to write a book, you want to write a stage play, you want to write a movie, a short film. Um, and so right now, I actually just signed a lady up this week. And if I was like, okay, God, you know, I don't think people are going to be able to pay for this. Girl, the people pay for They're paying for it. You know, okay. You know? <laughs> but then I had other people that came to me. It was like, Tamika, I don't have the money. And I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Let's roll. You know, so I have I have students that pay. I have students that I'm teaching completely for free. And we have class every week. They I, I coach them and mentor them for a whole year. I walk them through their production process. I teach them how to direct. I teach them how to produce. I teach them how to budget everything for free. Because I know what it was like to be on the other side mm-hmm. and you want to do something, but nobody wants to help you. And yeah. I just, I, that was the promise that I made to God, you know, and I just, I said, God, I don't care if somebody come to me and they don't have it. If they broke, if they need a, whatever I got and I can help them get it, I'm going to do it, you know? That's and so yeah. that's, that's what. Yeah. That's good. That that you gain so much. Yes. Right. Oh, when yeah. I tell you, honey, God has just truly blessed Never in a million years would I have um, even imagined being able to go through and experience what I'm experiencing. You know, and I tell God all the time, God, listen, I'm here for the long haul, okay? Now, I know, look, I'm trying to be your favorite daughter. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So that's, I'm like, okay, God, I'm here. You know, and whatever, I, I remember, girl, I was pregnant with my baby. And I'm sorry, y'all. I was pregnant with Lila. <laughs> and I'm going to try my best not to cry. Um, and we, I was homeless. We, we were living with my mom. Um, I had no money. Uh, I had a job girl making barely anything. And one of my coworkers, her name is Latoya Grant. And she would pick me up, buy me breakfast every morning, buy me lunch every day, drive me off home. And I remember sitting in her car and I was looking out the passenger window and I was passing by, um, this little donut shop at the corner of, um, Riley LaGrange and um, Stickamore View. And I told God, I said, God, if you ever put me in a position where I'm able to bless others, I'm going to do it. And I meant it. I meant every word of what I said. And I promised God that. And now, you know, I'm in a position. I mean, I ain't a millionaire. I'm almost there. You know, I'm just waiting on God to drop it in the bank account. (laughs) But, you know, every opportunity I get to be a blessing to someone else, I try my best to do what I can with wisdom. But I try my best to do it because I know what it's like not to. I know what it's right. like not to have. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like, you know, not to have someone that is willing to teach you, you know. Right. And so, yeah. That reminds me of a quote. It may be my Angela, but it talks about how um, when you learn something, teach others. Yes. And so that's good. That's really good. All right, so <laughs> we're going to switch it up a little bit, a little bit of fun. On this, in the spirit of Women's History Month, we're going to uh, have a little game called Pick One. Mm. And so let's get into music. And so I want you guys to pick one, Mariah Carey or Whitney Houston. 
I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> if anybody knows me, you already know my answer. Now, don't get me wrong, Mariah Carey's great and all. I am a huge, huge yes. Whitney Houston fan. Yes. Don't play with don't it. Play with Whitney it. Houston all <laughs> the way. Totally. Totally. And I'm, I'm with Erica. Whitney Houston all the way. Yeah. All the way home. <laughs> Girl, I will start singing a song and I can't Go on sing. sing. No. Go on sing. What's no. your favorite Whitney song? Uh, all of them? Girl. <laughs> Don't play. Uh, the whole Body God soundtrack. Oh, Girl, yes. Ways right as hell. Yes, oh, yeah. The whole Body oh. God soundtrack. Especially I Will Always Love yes. You. Run to you. Yes. Don't play with it. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me started. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with y'all. Whitney, with, Whitney. Listen, I love Whitney pre-crack, pro, post-crack, all of it. I love Whitney. So. <laughs> now, she, now, she did have some hits. What's the million dollar, million dollar beat? Yes, what is it? I like that. Yeah. Everything. Shoop. Oh, uh, yeah. Girl, that was my, let me tell you. And baby, yes. fact, they did that thing. Yes, ma'am. Oh, shoot. Whitney Exhale and Bodyguard to today, I think have the best soundtrack outside of the best man. But those two, Best soundtrack. The yeah. only song that wasn't on those that I just absolutely loved because it spoke so much to me, and mm -hmm. it was post crack. Uh huh. I didn't know my own strength. <laughs> oh, yes, honey. Yeah. I didn't know, I didn't my, know my, own my own strength. strength. Yeah. I didn't. Mm -hmm. That was good. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Mm, let that's me hear from the man. Well, I mean, I had to follow you three ladies, uh, Whitney. Um, Post and pre-crack uh, <laughs> was definitely, uh, man, that's, that's not another Whitney. Mariah's cool, don't get me wrong, but Whitney was just, yeah. Special. Impeccable. Whitney. Special. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Listen. We all okay. So we still with the women. <laughs> and we're going to go with movies. Mm. So, so, you know, they have like these little chick flicks or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because Jada Pinkett, wait a minute. Uh, Queen Latifah too, I believe. Yeah. So we got Girls Trip mm. or Set It Off. <gasps> set, mm. it, set It Off. I'm going to Set It Off. <laughs> Me too. And Me that's, too. The, that soundtrack was it was. Yes, it was. I'm going with, yeah, Set It Off. Oh, set It God. Off is for me too. That's my movie to this day. Really? I could go and look at it again and it'll be like the first time I saw it. It was early. What was her name? Kim. Is her name Kim? She played in a lot of Tyler Perry Kim films. Kim 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 yeah. yeah. That was her. First movie. Ooh, okay. So I'm going to deviate from that. Only because I don't like movies that people die at the end. You know, like, I mean, she went out like a soldier. Okay? She did. I don't personally prefer like movies where people die at the end. Like, I just, it just does yeah, something to I me. I, I, I understand that. I understand. Yeah. I'm going to go with Girls Trip. Only because I think it was a stellar cast. Um, <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, and I think that it, it showed black women in a different light. You do a lot of movies with black women, but they don't. We don't really see ourselves having fun, oh, and laughing, yeah, not catty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I think it showed black women in a different light, and so that's why I would choose girls. Okay, yeah. okay, we let you, we let you have it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I gotta go with set it off. I mean, I don't. <laughs> as a gangster flick, it had four females that did their thing, and you yeah. know, uh, so. It was it's a cult classic back in the nineties. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's a listen it's it's that is our that's a part of our our classic Bible. Really, when it comes down to black film, that is definitely one of our classic yeah. Bibles. And yeah. set it off was like so different because it it's like you got four women. You didn't have the men this time. Yeah, they had never robbed a bank before, and they did it well. And they did it. <laughs> That don't mean y'all supposed to try no, that. You no, know, don't try, don't try that. that. It's saying that. Yeah. But right. they did it. But the acting was just good. And it was. Jada, Blair, and just then to all have, of it. I was just going to yeah. say that. Then to have a, a fine specimen of yes. that. Yes. Don't mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like Blair. Yeah. 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 Okay, I ain't going to say that. Okay. But, uh, I'm coming back with now. the women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I agree with y'all. I just, yeah, I agree. I'm still going to go with uh, girls' trip. <laughs> okay, well, my pick one. Now that y'all, uh, um, you're done with uh, drooling over Blair <laughs> or whatnot. Um, my pick one 
It's what female this fe- what female has most influ- was most inf- influential uh, political wise that you would choose? Would it be former First Lady Michelle Obama or Vice President Kamala Harris? Now I'm gonna personally say because I was born in the shy and it was never the most the prettiest floaters we ever had. I gotta go yes. with Michelle Obama. Yes, personally. yeah, yeah. I'm- I'm going with her too, and um, I watched her documentary on Netflix to see the. Even though we know she's human, but you know, just to see it, her be human is makes it very special. Because uh, she talks about how, um, even even though they had that status, um, she still treated the kids like, "No, y'all still gonna make your own bed." You know yep. what I'm saying? You're not feeling mm-hmm. like because when when we leave the White House, you gotta make your own bed. So I like that. Yeah. She just chill. Like, it just, a norm, she's a normal human being. Yeah. Just who just so happens to be a former first lady. So I'm like, i going with Michelle Obama. I agree. <laughs> Let me tell you. I agree with you. I'm not, and I, I don't know if I should say this out loud. I'm really not a big fan of Kamala Harris. Um, I love the fact that she, we have our first black female uh, vice president. Um, but I haven't really been able to, I think for me as a, as a black woman, I haven't been able to connect with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's one of the challenges with her being in the role of a uh, of vice president. Yes, we we glad you're there, but I don't think many of us have really been able to connect with her like we have with um, mm. uh, uh, Michelle Obama, First Lady Michelle Obama. She's our forever First Lady um, because, like you said, she we saw her as a sister. We saw her as an aunt, as a cousin. You know, she was a typical black mama. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> and so she she humanized the role of first lady. She did. You know, I don't think that uh with president vice president uh Kamala Harris, I don't think that the connection with her in the black community, it just it hasn't it hasn't gotten there. It's not the same. Okay. Um I'm I'm of course going to say Michelle Obama as mm-hmm. well. There isn't even much more to be said about her because you guys have hit it on the nail. Michelle Obama was that first lady. She's that, yep. She was that first lady in a breath of fresh air. You know what I'm saying? There has never been anything like it. And even post being first lady, it's just like just the whole, you know, character, her everything, everything that she gives off, not to mention the fact a very wonderful help to Barack, Mm -hmm. you know, to her husband. It wasn't just, okay, he's the president or whatever. He treated, she treated him like the president, but she treated him like a man too. And she was submissive. Yep. And she was helpful. Mm -hmm. Everything you're supposed to be as a wife. Yeah. She was that. She was that that woman. Yeah. Right. Who's that girl? <laughs> so listen, um, just to our viewers, remember as you're watching, I hope you're enjoying our guest. We are we have certainly been <laughs> yes, enjoying her. We have. Make sure you comment on uh YouTube, like us, follow us, and be sure to subscribe. Yes, tell us your pick ones, tell us your yeah, all that. And joining on our conversation. Um, and now we've come to the part where we take in questions um, from people and we, uh, with different life situations to um, help them with. And you can send questions to the cap podcast three at gmail.com. And so today's question is from Michelle in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, she says, A high school friend in need has been staying with me over 90 days. She had only planned to be there for 30 days to get back on her feet. Some bad habits have become unbearable. What should I do? Mm. What should I do? (laughs) Now listen, something tells me that this high school friend probably has kids too. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. you can only imagine, not to imagine, could possibly not be cleaning up. If she's asking what shall I do, what should I do, um... Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's going through some stuff. That's 60 days over. That's two months over. <laughs> um, I, if at all possible, I would say try to savage the friendship. Um, 
Think about mm-hmm. what you're going to say and try as upset as you might be. Try saying it in love. Yeah. Saying it to where they can receive it. Because if your friends, I'm going to say like this, friends that I have, I want you to tell me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to tell me, you're not a real friend. Right. So hopefully they're able to receive it and you can still move forward, even if you're not living together, but still be able to move forward and still keep the friendship intact. But I'd say tell the truth. Think about what you're saying and think about to the kind of person you're saying it to, because this is your friend, but we all know our friends. We know who we can be like, you know what, girl, I need to sit down and talk to you. (laughs) And you know who you have to kind of like skate on thin ice just to be careful to not hurt feelings, but speak the truth. Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm with Erica. Um, Lead with love. Um, I think, yeah, I would want to savage the friendship. I'm I'm assuming they have been friends for a very long time, um, high school friend. But also just to add to that, um, because you never know, the reasons by people's behavior or why she's been there that long. I think, again, we talked about, talked about this in an earlier podcast, communication. Um, have a conversation not only about the bad habits, but also about the timeline that she has been there and what is causing it. And they probably can, once that conversation's had, they can probably come up with a plan if she can stay longer or whatever the case may be. But the, the key thing is communication and then work together if that's possible. If the friend wants, can will allow her to stay, if she's willing to change um, some of the unbearable habits, it just depends on what, how the com- conversation goes, what's going to happen in that final decision. Well, I hear what you ladies are saying. Um, I think I'm with you. You know, <laughs> And, and, and so here we go. It's, 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 it was supposed to be 30 days. Um, and not only, you know, and, and we get things happen or whatnot. So that's a conversation within itself. Right, if there yeah. needs to be an extension. But we're talking about bad habits. Now, me being a guy that I am, I like stuff neat and clean. You know, I'm, you know, so I don't know if it's a combination of that or whatever the bad habits may mm-hmm. be. But. You 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 overstand what was supposed to be not not by a week, but we talking about an extra yeah, sixty months. days, yeah. and you got bad habits. Yeah. So now we got to have a serious discussion. Serious. And you you know you want to do it with love, but you also you know you want it to be communicated, amicable, so a person will understand like hey, and and put out there on the table these issues. I'm I'm not good with whether it's hygiene which i hope is not that mm-hmm. or whether it's you know around the house whether she has kids or it's just her um and then figure out from going forward you know when when are you going to make that transition that you feel good enough to be back on your own because you what you don't want is someone to take advantage of your kindness right. yes yeah, uh and also you know that uh jeopardize the friendship mm-hmm. um but yeah, but after I say about the thirty fifth day, it's like okay, what what's the game plan? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. Right. That comes, what a conversation should have been had. Yeah, it should, it should have been yeah. had early. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, about Sixty days late. Yeah, you know, so because I don't think this is a situation like Brandy's song "Best Friend." <laughs> <laughs> it's not seeming like that. But what what right. do you think? To I guess what you think? Honey, past the thirty first day, we'd have been like, okay, l- listen, I-, I led with love for day one through thirty, okay. <laughs> thirty one, you did, 32. you did, true that. Okay, where are we going? You What's know, honey, I'm gonna tell you, I would have took a trip for seven days. I wouldn't have had no food in the house. I probably would have turned the water off and everything. <laughs> you know? And y'all gonna have to leave. So I think you know, I, I-, I go. Definitely agree with you. You know, I think that, you know, a lot of times when we have friendships, you know, friends tend to feel that they have the opportunity or, or you know, right. they have the right. Right. To what entitled. You yeah. Yeah. You know, exactly. They're entitled, entitled to what you have. And baby, this is my space. This ain't your space. Like they said, make yourself at home, but please understand this ain't your home. Right. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I think that what she should do. It's kick out. Like it, it ain't that you, we ain't even got to be friends after this because you have violated you have violated the terms of our agreement. 
So whether we choose to be friends after or not, it's time for you to go. Okay, She's go. 60 days late and dealing with this thing. You <laughs> know? Let me tell you, MLGW don't let you keep your lights on for 60 days late, okay? And she's still in your house? Baby, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> no. Lock your doors, change your locks. <laughs> <laughs> so, Michelle, uh, hopefully we have said something that's going to help you to uh, have that conversation with your friend and hopefully your friend is making the moves she needs to make in order for her to get back on her feet uh, because you know face without works is dead you got to put action behind right, you know yeah. whatever it is you're doing so right, uh, right. yeah action plan that is awesome and you have just been capped <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget to send your questions to the cap podcast three at gmail.com so we can help you out. Yes. <laughs> okay, so as we are wrapping up this episode, I'm gonna give you the brain drop for uh the week. Life is a gift that can be sent that can be returned by sender at any time. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that again. Life is a gift that can return to sender at any time. In essence, what I'm saying is, is you have to live your life to the fullest, take nothing or no one for granted, because as surely as someone lives, someone will pass away. We've all experienced family, friends, and loved ones that that has happened to. So hold no grudges. Um, let go of things that that you know that that hold no bearing in your life, but. Do not take this life for granted because one day it will be returned to sender, the all, the almighty, the uh, most high. Amen. Okay. So I'm just going to read this right quick and expound. Be short for our detour mm-hmm. moment. The waiting, the meantime, the in-between, it all serves a purpose. Trust your process, even the delays and the detours. The detours are coming. The delays are coming. And I always say the process is a huge part of the journey. Learn from it, grow from it, and keep moving on. Mm, even the delays, Erica? The delays. The delays, <laughs> the delays yes. And the detours. And the detours. It does. Yeah. They do. They do. All right. This week's Forget All That Moment is about getting to know yourself. Um, as you are healing from this relationship ending, get to know yourself. And the only way you can do that is spend time with yourself, just like you would anybody else. Um, you spend time with people to get to know them. So spend time with yourself, Maybe whether it be at home, you go somewhere by yourself, but spend time uh, with yourself to get to know more about yourself because you're going to find some things that um, you didn't know. We always continue to learn about ourselves. So I've had to do that and continue to do that, uh, whether or not it was from a healing from a breakup, just getting to know myself. So then you'll know, okay, when you go to the next relationship, you'll know more about you and what you need um, and want in the next relationship. So forget all that and get to know yourself. Listen, this show has been amazing. Yes. Absolutely yes. amazing from the buzz to this awesome interview. I clap my hands to you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you for coming. So yes. So much for being here. You have shared a wealth of knowledge. Mm-hmm. You've given us laughs. Yeah. <laughs> um, just even having your input with the banana peel, the pick one. Um, just thank you so much for agreeing to. Stop by and see little old us. We appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you. I, I truly enjoyed myself. Um, so let y'all go follow, go subscribe, follow, <laughs> all of that. Make sure you are subscribing because you guys have a magnificent platform. Um, and I think that what you guys are doing and speaking of is very timely, you know. And so I'm just honored to be able to be here with you guys. So, thank you. Thank you. So we thank you for coming. Thank you. Listen, t- Tamika. Uh, it was like she had so many people coming over. We, like, posted about this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I looked at Tamika's post. I saw, like, 45, 50 yeah. people. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> listen, I will. Uh, listen, I love supporting people. Um, and I love uh, for other people to get to know the people that are in my circle. 
you know, and you are a part of my circle, you know, and so I appreciate that. And so you guys make sure, seriously, y'all go follow, 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 subscribe, all of that wonderful <laughs> stuff, honey, because we're trying to get capped, okay? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> right. Listen, before we um end, like we have given a lot of our, you know, our things that we do and our email address and all, so um, can you tell our viewers how they can keep up with you to stay updated with what you have coming up with your yeah. new film and all? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, um, all in the Tamika Chambliss Williams. Um, literally, it's only one of me in the whole world. So if you look me up, you're going to find me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just uh, look me up on um, on those uh, platforms. You can go to my website, uh, my media group. My gr media company is called Vibranium, just like Wakanda, Vibranium mm. Media Group. And you can go check us out on our virtual home. Um, and for those that are in the Texas area, we are going to be coming to Colleen and Houston uh, with the stage play, Can a Woman Raise a Man? Um, and it will be featuring First Lady Karen Clark Sheard, Kiara Sheard, Tony Terry, Marva King, um, Rob Curry from Day 26. So y'all come okay, check us good. out. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'll be directing that stage play. We also have virtual tickets. So if you're not able to come and you are interested in still viewing it, you can check it out and purchase your virtual ticket. Go to Eventbrite and just type in Can a Woman Raise a Man? Um, and I can't wait to see you. Okay, yeah. awesome. Okay. Thank right. you also to everyone who supported us and watched our first live a few weeks ago. So please know there will be more of those coming. Yeah. Most Thank definitely. You. Most definitely. And it was great. <laughs> so we have had an amazing day today on the podcast. Remember, everybody, to subscribe to the Cap Podcast 3 at gmail.com. Until the next time, the next episode, remember to cultivate accumulate and prosper see you, see you later, later. <laughs> goodbye Bye.